with your one and only bean today we're spilling some beans with an internationally renowned thespian producer gpv activist and many of you may know him as achimuroka or lucas nyati and the 2000s may probably know him as uhosi but welcome 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 it's an honor having you on the show it's only a pleasure my dear 
So where does this interview find you today? Has it been a good start of the day? Well, every day has got to be a good start. The sun mm. rises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two. So as long as the sun has risen and I'm up and I'm talking to you, well, it has been a good day. Yes. So <laughs> please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, just a bite size. Ah, what can I say? I mean, there's just so much to say. <laughs> I mean, little bit is that, well, you know, I'm still low. Mm. You know, born in, in, in Soweto, grew up in Natridville, did most of my schooling in Pretoria, but had two years when I was in Johannesburg. Yeah. Uh, that was 75, 76, where I even, you know, basically, well, I don't know, blessed to be part of the 76 uprising. Um, and, then, and then, you know, 75, you know, got, um, what is it? Um, I mean, saw a, a play for the, for the first time and then mm. that sparked, ignited my desire to be an actor. And uh, um, I've got six children. One, my, uh, my eldest passed on, so I'm left with five. And uh, that's mm. that, really. Awesome stuff. My condolences mm. on on your firstborn. Nah, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very mm. much, my dear. Thank you. So as an actor, when you're tasked to play all these different parts and roles, how do you retain mm. your center of gravity? I've always wondered. Uh, well, I mean, to me, it's work. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um, you know, work is work. Um, it's not a matter of thinking you know of going with what um you what reactions you get for your work yeah and for me it has just been about maintaining and doing my work mm -hmm. and when you look back at all these roles over the years which one would you say has had the greatest impact on your perspective as an actor well i think there are the you know there are quite a few for for different reasons mm -hmm. You know, um, well, my debut was, you know, basically the most important in the sense that it just set me on the on the path. Yes. You know, and um, and then um, you know later on then came was Albert, which basically was an it's an amazing play to do as an actor. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, you know that basically just I think. You know, doing Oza Albert, it's almost like you are almost in training every day. Mm. And uh, and it is such a, a, what is it, a complete uh, and a wholesome process. Yes. You know, you work with your voice, you work with your, your body, and you portray uh, different aspects of life. Mm. So Oza Albert, you know, had that, that, uh, that impact on me. And then I think the next was the suit, you mm. know, which was, was Albert was a more a physical, you know, play, even yes. though you dealt with a human condition, but you know, there was just so much you can do, but the suit was one play that made me to focus strongly mm. on, on the human condition. I mean, playing a a cuckold husband, which is a, a, a husband whose wife becomes unfaithful. Mm. And it was mm. a very interesting story. It was a short story. It is a short story written by 
Ken Temba, who was mm. a journalist and writer, you know, in the 50s. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then I think the other one, I mean, well, generation, which is what, you know, a lot of people know me about, but that just basically just found me on the path, really. The only way that it changed the outlook, it, it's actually just made me popular, mm-hmm. you know. And then, um, but the other role that basically just, you know, gave me and altered my perspective about life was playing Corsi in The Queen. Yeah. You know, and um, that, I think, raised my awareness of uh, homosexuality and also made me, you know, dig deep Mm. into the human condition and what people of um, LGBTIQ go through. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, basically, and then there was Othello, which basically, as far as, you know, doing Shakespeare was concerned, was, I think, a, a, a great, great challenge for me. And then, you know, there was um, doing uh, Mufasa in The Lion King, which was uh, also, you know, in fact, I think doing The Lion King basically almost took me to my beginning, you know, because the play that I did, the first one that I debuted, my debut play was a musical. So, you know, uh, doing Lion King was basically just took me there, back there, but also playing Corsi in the Queen made me aware of, you know, the, the, the life of somebody, you know, uh, uh, who's homosexual. And just basically, I think for me, it was just, I guess, lending a voice to the LGBTQ uh, uh, people. Yeah. Yes, community, yes. And... Um, you know, and and, and 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 what was very, uh, you know, very interesting about it is like, you know, I've had uh, people who are, uh, who are homosexual, yeah. uh, who basically come to me and thank me for actually just lending that voice. Some, actually, one actually was saying, you know, my family was not accepting me for who I am, but after they saw you play the character, Mm, they mm. kind of said, wow, if uh, Chimuroka can do this, which means there is something, you know. Yeah. You know, so I guess, you know, I guess in a way it was I landed, you know, a human face, you know, mm. to to homosexuality, you know, in, in a way that uh, people began to realize that because somehow it's like people regard people, you know, who are homosexuals uh as uh who are gay i think you know mm. as people who are who are not human beings and um you know we are all human beings we just have different sexual orientations mm. you know and we, we you know we can't be judging our humanity based on whether we uh you know aligned with the with the yeah. with the with the, with the, yeah, with the hetero, heterosexual community Mm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. And have, mm-hmm. you, have you ever had to turn down some roles because they maybe typecast you, or does knowing like what you're capable of make it easier for you to say no to some roles? 
Well, you know, sometimes I do, you know, I have said, well, mainly like sometimes I think I've said role because people, you know, don't want to pay, you know, like they say they don't have a budget and I say, mm. well, I can't work for, 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 for that. Uh, I don't believe in typecast, you know, there's always something unique about maybe a character that has been written. Yes. And you can always, you know, you know, even if there isn't, you know, something isn't written, but you can, you know, use your creativity and bring an element mm. that maybe the writers weren't aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, I've always wondered, how do you maintain confidentiality about plot twists and other developments in TV productions before they air around your family and friends? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess maybe somehow you operate like a, a secret agent. You know, they don't yeah. tell the secrets of the country to their family members. <laughs> True. You know, yeah. So I guess, you know, uh, maybe if the SAA is looking for agents, you know, access can be considered <laughs> because we know how to keep, to keep secrets of sorts. Yes. <laughs> and if a movie was to be made about your life, who do you think would best play you, dead or alive? Uh, you know, I think that that wouldn't be uh, something that I have control of. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, nah. And I don't think, uh, basically, it will depend also, you know, the person who has written the story, what is yes. it that he has tried to depict mm-hmm. out of my life? You know, okay. and uh, my life is no different to you know what people conceptualize in stories you know and when you conceptualize a story you choose i guess maybe elements and Mm. uh, what i've gone through is not unique that it cannot be done in this life you know as actors we basically represent the human condition so i think any actor that whoever would have written the story and also directed it because i don't think i will do that yeah i probably can maybe write my memoirs you know but Mm. i think uh to write my own story and turn it into a film (laughs) that would be i mean talk about vanity (laughs) yeah that's true that is true Mm. okay um on another deeper topic Mm -hmm. you are a strong gbv activist and you've yes. quite openly spoken about your own past experiences with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, in your opinion or experience, is the root cause of GBV, would you say? Look, it, you know, we come basically from a history, you know, that is violent. And also we grow up in violent communities. And mm. um, we always kind of get influenced by our environment so you know that i would say you know the root cause is just that we live in a violent society you know life is always about you know who one who wields power and um another thing is i mean if we really have to go deeper into this thing Mm. you know there's uh, maybe an element of the emasculation of a black man and the only time maybe when he would feel that he would want to have to exercise power would actually go and um, exert it 
yeah. you know, on, on a woman and people, you know, people who are wielding power and or who wants to be powerful or wants to be recognized, they always oppress the weaker ones, you know, yes. as far as, um, you know, colonialism and imperialism was, you know, they came with guns and we, um, our forefathers were wielding spears. So they overpowered us and then it, and they, after overpowering, they didn't bring human value into our thing. You know, slavery was the order of the day. Oppression was the order of the day. Mm. And I think, unfortunately, you know, women became the, you know, um, experienced, you know, the butt end of, you know, of all yeah. this violence. You know, but I think the the most important thing is that we are human beings. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in that light, what values do you think are then critical to communicate to boys and young men of today in a to build better men of tomorrow so that this generational curse doesn't continue? You know, one thing that, um, you, you know, people have got to inculcate, a, you know, a good character out of themselves. Mm. You know, uh, I mean, one of the important things that basically got me started on a journey of um, redemption, redeeming myself from, you know, uh, from being violent to my partner, mm. was my conscience, you know. And, you, and if you allow your conscience to speak to you yes. and you hear it, you know, and after hearing it, you consider what it says you know and when it says what you're doing is wrong mm. you know you know and then the you know if it is that is wrong what is right you know and um, you know the one thing that you will recognize that probably you allow yourself to be angered yeah you know what i mean and uh, what is it that causes your anger and um at times you you discover maybe that you know insecurity is one of the cause and when you yeah. realize that there's insecurity then you start dealing with your insecurity mm. you know and you, you know basically just, just your intros- conscious- self-introspection and just introspection is is, is critical it's mm. critical you know what i mean but first and foremost before you introspect your conscience will conscience speak to you. Mm. You know, and conscience is well and alive in all of us. It's just that, you know, it's such a tiny little voice inside our heads that nobody hears mm. that we choose not to ignore it. I mean, if we can choose to ignore what your parents tell you, you know, yeah. mm. what more about that little voice that nobody hears that you, you know, you are hearing it. That is but true. if you allow yourself, you know, to hear that little voice that says, no, but this is wrong. You know, and then, you know, after that, then you go into the space of introspection Mm. and you will find what it is about you. You know, most of the time, I mean, we want to accuse other people or we say, you know, you made me do this or you are doing this to me. Yes, Mm. you may be doing something to me, but I have the choice to react differently. Yes. And, I, and to consider, you know, what you're doing. And if ever what you're doing is not good to me, then, you know, why do I want to try and maybe even change you? Let me leave you. Mm. 
you know, and then you go and live your life the way you want. And if you, you know, you can't listen to reason or let, you know, open and make sure that we get into some kind of conversation and understanding, mm. you know, you, you can't listen to reason of how you are affecting me, you know, and we get into the, the, the root cause, mm. you know, because at the end of the day, people hurt each other, you know, they say hurt people hurt people. So if, for instance, you say hurting things to me, basically, you might also have to look at what is it that is affecting you. And if another person makes you realize that what you are doing or what you what you are saying is hurting me, yes, you know, and you choose not to want to hear that, I also have. If you are maybe doing those things to me, I have the choice to leave. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're also the founder mm -hmm. of the Selomagrenobe Foundation. Can yes. you share with us what the aim and the vision of the foundation is? You know, the aim of the foundation is basically to promote um, the performing arts and cultural expression, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, yeah, it's mainly, I mean, that is the, at the core of it, you know, okay. and, um, you know, to promote when, you know, in promoting that, because I'm a person who is very social uh, with the social consciousness, mm -hmm. you know, and also to use, you know, the arts as a, uh, a tool for social advocacy yes you know um i mean i grew up basically we were using arts to create the awareness of the apartheid system mm. you know um and i think you know actually even once the apartheid you know we start you know after 94 you know i basically well just went into um you know, into dealing with uh, uh, social issues rather yes. than political issues, mm. you know. And I mean, the first play that I did was a play called Kosebuse Pesh, which was a play that was um, set in, uh, you know, in um, what you call it, at, you know, in a street bash. Mm. And it was dealing with youth issues, you know, of, you know, how young people were, you know, at street bashes, you would find young people mostly. Yes. You know, and dealing with issues that, you know, that kind of life was actually doing to our community and how the young people were affected by it. Mm. Mm. You know, and then later on, I did a play called Coming, you know, in 1998, and which was a play that dealt with toxic masculinity or what is now termed toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity. Mm. but i basically i was dealing with men's issues because you know from my realization that you know um that i was violent to my partner and i started going into this whole journey of introspection mm. you know i mean it actually i mean it was 14 years later that i got the opportunity to sit around with other men uh, men who had a, who I had a common um, mindset with because yes. they were interrogating. There were young four young men in Alexander mm -hmm. under the organization called Adapt, you know, and the and Adapt basically was an organization that I think was the pioneer of having men as partners in dealing with the 
gender-based violence mm. you know so they had this men's program and these four young men wanted to do a play and when i heard about them i said well you know i've been dying to actually interrogate this there are guys who are willing to interrogate it because yeah. most of the time like in the 14 years before i met them you know men were responding with arrogance to the issue Mm-hmm. you know or men that i talked to you know they were not willing to interrogate it you know for them yes. it was a way of life but here were men who said you know yes it is a way of life but let's interrogate it and that's when we interrogated and that resulted in doing this play coming we called it coming mm-hmm. and using you know going coming is basically when you go to uh to the mountain or to initiation or for the rite of passage mm, you know mm. and when you go there basically it's about you know te- you being taught um uh, the the moors and the laws of your community and on how to carry yourself as a man mm. you know and we use that as a metaphor for psychological initiation you know which was basically beginning to write a new order for ourselves mm. as men yes you know and i mean one i mean amazing thing that we came up that came out of that experience was the recognition that you know as much as we like to call ourselves men the most important thing is that we are human beings first and then men after Yes. You know, I mean sometimes I, you know, I always see, you know, women falling into that trap as well, you know, because they project more their gender than their humanity like as women this mm. as women this. Mm. But they're not recognizing their humanity first and then their gender after because that in itself calls for a certain kind of interrogation into your own makeup. Mm, that's true. you know and um we as you know the five men you know we interrogated our makeup as men and discovered our humanity mm. and then discovered also you know our reaction to life you know and um you know some way somehow you know there is a what is it sort of like an op- opposing contribution to where we are at you know and uh, yeah and it calls for for a serious interrogation and unpacking yes that's true mm-hmm. that's true so now during a time when people throughout the country and across the globe are feeling collectively anxious and frustrated how do you keep yourself grounded what are your personal grounding techniques uh, at the present moment you just look after your health I mean, yes, for me, it's just true. looking after my health, you know, and when you are alive, you know, and healthy, that just says I've got to, you know, wake up one um, and look up to another day. Yes. You know, for, for, for me, it's just basically just keeping healthy and alive at the moment. Mm. You know, you, 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 you can't be frustrated by something that you cannot be in control of. True. you know if you cannot control it leave it and um deal with what you can control and what i can control is just safeguard myself and i think that is the most important thing 
mm. you know mm-hmm. just adhe- adhering to the regulations and adhering to the regulations True. you know yeah that's mm. you know that what that's, that's what should ground you mm. you know I, I, any other thing would be artificial the only natural thing that you can do to yourself is look after yourself yes Mm-hmm. And how do you unwind and rebalance your personal and work life? <laughs> Look, I mean, um, well, for me, it would be listening to music and or sometimes just, you know, watching other television productions, mm-hmm. you know, and listening to music, you know. Do you or, watch your own shows? <laughs> do you um, watch yourself? <laughs> critically, critically. I mean, if, you know, I mean, I, I don't sit and watch them for entertainment when i'm watching whatever i think what i have done mm. i'm almost critical about it okay you know but uh, when i watch other shows then i watch them for entertainment value mm. the, the whole process that when i'm watching sometimes i can even see what i was thinking mm. you know i can be reconnected with what i was thinking and i say oh, maybe i should you know involve another a different you know approach in my how i think about playing a moment like that yeah mm-hmm. so what's on the horizon and are you working on something can we expect something in 2021 well i'm working i mean at the moment i mean this i mean people should watch the station which is the you know a, a production that i've executive produced yes you know mm-hmm and um and then but also but at the moment i am working on a musical play you know that is um aimed at raising women's issues and i'm doing it with a female cast Mm. yes so uh, and it is called the voice people should look out for the voice which is a play about women raising their voice again you know basically not even just it's not even just totally or solely mm. you know um based on gender-based violence gender-based violence issues are coming out of the interrogation that i am doing with um you know the the, the group of women that i'm working with and that group of women is mostly a, a group called Abafaz Bengoma. Mm, mm. And uh, in, in in the cast also, I've got two students that I was training in Merapong. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, watch the space. <laughs> yeah. So guys, you know, basically should watch the space for the voice um yeah you know watch uh, you know will be on social media you know announcing already we are actually just de- doing with the, the pre-publicity yes you know process uh, there's a poster going around but very soon we'll be you know um informing people you know about the performance which we hope to do on the 16th of june mm. you know during mm-hmm. the youth month yes and uh, yeah, so that's that's what I'm working on at the moment. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And before you leave, what advice do you have to to give to aspiring creatives on what to expect and look out for in the film industry? I think at the moment, I think where we are at as uh, creatives, you know, um, we are a nation in reconstruction, mm. you know, uh, and we need to reflect 
on our environment. As creatives, I've always seen us as mirrors of our society. The society can only see itself through the things that we do. And I think also almost we have to be very responsible you know and as black people you know we don't have to allow ourselves to be you know you know to try and copy what other nations are doing like for instance white people white people don't know the struggle of colony or being colonized yeah or if they had it it's it's centuries and centuries ago they don't even know they can't even remember that mm. ours you know uh, our state of oppression has been you know for the last four or five hundred years so it is still new mm. and the effects of it are very present nowadays so you know we have a responsibility to reflect on our lives in order that people should you know when you go to a mirror you go to you to the mirror to make sure that you straighten up yourself yes you don't go to the mirror to ruffle yourself up mm. you look mm. where things are wrong and you you know you in, uh, so. initiate corrections mm. you know to the wrong and they, you know we've got a lot to look into we've got a lot to look into where our psyche is at and um we suffer what is it you know a, a complex of inferiority mm. and of that we don't matter and that is a complex that we really need to straighten up and recognize that we are human beings and begin to present ourselves you know in a better way you know no. because when you look at our environments our environments are very disordered uh they are you know it's almost like we are associated with you know dirt you know and uh, we got to and with misbehaving with disrespect of one another you know you look at how for instance taxi drivers carry on you know what mm. i mean there's just mm. utter disregard and ordinary motorists also you know basically imitate what others are doing and we imitate bad things uh, bad behavior instead of an ordered and orderly behavior where we regarded ourselves as human beings yes. but you know we uh, artists i think or creatives i think we have a responsibility to help the society to look at itself because when you are doing bad things or when you are doing something you are subjective you know like yes. for instance you, we are having this interview me and you mm. you know what i mean somebody who's going to listen to for instance how you conducted the interview you know is going to be helping you how you can make it better yeah you yeah. You, you 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 see what i mean and that yes. is your mm. almost your creative producer you know True. he helps you yeah so that's you know we 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 got to look at each other uh, in that way and that goes also even for young people you know what i mean mm. when you are young you you don't know what it is like to be older or we can maybe serve as a mirror but also you know we are in work we are work in progress mm. you know and when you are being raised you are just it is work in progress you know um if one would look at it because most of the time your parents are trying to you know to create a good character out of you 
mm-hmm. and they give you you know that there are things that sometimes actors you know you know um you know say talk about when i get into the role you don't get into the role you know what i mean mm. you know what makes character character is defined by actions now yes. you know what character you play you playing a, 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 an interviewer you know what i mean mm. and you are performing the actions of a radio interviewer yes yeah you know what i mean and uh, as you're doing that you have a director who is your creative producer you know and he would help try and shape a better interviewer out of you yes you know so your parent is basically your creative producer if you tell you you know if you look at it that way mm. you know and when you you know i always i even say to my children i said once you get to a point where you want to defy what i'm saying then you got to give me the alternative let's discuss the alternative so once you've got an opinion then it is a, it's a conversation and that is the relationship that for instance an actor will have with the producer mm. you know what i mean yes. so you know when when you are still maybe you know 2 3 4 5 maybe maybe up 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 until you know even when you get to 7 you know mokalutangfuni Mm. you know i don't want you know akbatli you know the parent has got to say okay all right and slow down there now what are okay if you don't want to do this then what then what and why <laughs> and then why mm. you know and begin a discussion <laughs> you know what i mean mm. Mm. begin a discussion you know and but the thing is you know uh you know what is it Sometimes you may be thinking that you are old enough, you know, to take care of self, your of yourself. But yes. never no one is ever is. You know, True. you can take yourself take, take care of yourself, but there are certain things. I mean, you know, I always say even to my sons that as much as I'm grown, I mean, I'm 61 years old now, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, but there are things that my mother who is, you know, 80. Mhm. you know uh well, no, not 82 mm. who basically i mean he i mean the life experience that he has i don't have that's true you know what i mean so that's you are true. never you can you, you can never be old enough not to take advice because how someone who's older will always have had a different experience and a different a, experience and he might a, just you know give you a view exactly yeah you know and then you if you want to interrogate it you are old enough to interrogate it mm. you know what i mean mm, mm. sadly our conversation got cut short because the internet did what the internet does nonetheless thank you so much guys for tuning into that lovely legend mcm's catch up that we just had with the one and only selo magiranube I hope you guys enjoyed that and found it as informative and insightful as I did. And the track at the beginning is Washa by Disciples of House featuring Amugelani Just Bay and Sir Trill. And as usual I'm not leaving you guys empty-handed. I'm leaving you guys with Imoto Yotando by Prince of House. Enjoy, stay blessed and I hope you're having a lovely mental health May from your being with the biggest love.
I'm 